You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Welcome to the Screener Squad. Is everybody eating? Good, good. Everyone's sober. Close enough. Before we start, nobody's on the line yet. What we're about to discuss is a heist show. It won't be lucrative, and it's not even dangerous in any means. If that's not your brand of vodka, no hard feelings. Otherwise, come with me. The heist genre has been giving us some classic films for decades. Heat, Inception, Ocean's Eleven, just to name a few. The tropes are similar, if not the same, for every one of these tales. A ragtag group of criminals is brought together by an old pro looking to pull off one last job. The big one. The job to end all jobs. We typically get the execution of the elaborate crime with the criminal's point of view. And the criminals are usually more rounded than the opposition, or at least more colorful, which is quite punny considering the newest entry into the heist genre Netflix's Kaleidoscope. Some of the other tropes of the genre give us the extensive planning of the job where something will inevitably go wrong on the day. One or more of the crew typically works for the target. Acrobatics, chases, gunfire, betrayal. You've seen one, you've seen them all. And now we've got Kaleidoscope, an eight-part series spanning 24 years. It centers around the largest heist ever attempted and the vengeance, scheming, loyalties, and betrayals that surround it. It stars Giancarlo Esposito, Rufus Sewell, Jai Courtney, Paz Vega, and it's loosely inspired by the real-life story where several billion, that's billion with a B, dollars in bonds went missing in downtown Manhattan during Hurricane Sandy. Each episode is titled after a different color, red, black, blue, yellow, green, orange, violet, pink, and white. And here's the gimmick. All eight episodes can be watched in any order, with black as the brief intro explaining the show's concept, while episode white is always to be the series finale. 5,040 possible ways in which the episodes can be watched. In fact... Netflix randomly generates four different orders for every account, but you can watch these in whatever order you want. Again, just watch White Last. I'll be your point man for this job, TCD Wits. And I've put together a group of the best in the biz. The Hawk, our woman on the inside, handling the intel. Kimberly. How's it going? Our juice man, explosives expert, ready to crack what needs cracking with a bang or a boom. Bradley. Heist to see you. (laughs) (laughs) and our raven the mistress of disguise the mistress of many faces mindy why do i always order the lingua they always fuck it up (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this is kaleidoscope first things first what was your order my order was yellow green blue orange violet red pink and then white mine was yellow green orange violet blue red pink white All right. And Kim, what was yours? It was black, green, yellow, blue, violet, orange, red, pink, and white. My order was yellow, green, blue, orange, violet, 
red, pink, and then white. So various degrees of viewing here. And honestly, it was the gimmick that this show could be watched in any order that hooked me. I like a good heist. I like a good bank job kind of show, movie, whatever have you. But it was the idea that you could literally start with any episode, and that's your first episode. And always thinking, okay, what if this had been the first episode? What would that change in terms of my perception of these characters and the motivations and what have you? And I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you three thought of this as far as its concept, but also in its execution. I was a little worried about the concept just because I'm not a fan of flashbacks and flash forwards in TV shows. And that's what a random watching experience sounded like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a little skeptical going into it, but I do love Giancarlo Esposito. So I was like, okay, if he's in it, I know it's going to be at least watchable. Right. It'll be of quality for sure. E- exactly. So that being said, when I first started watching it, I was watching it with a friend on their account and we started with the episode Violet. And I was not a fan of that episode. And also, I didn't realize that Netflix auto-generated the order for you. I thought we just picked an episode (laughs) and started watching it. So that was probably more my bad than anything. But Violet wasn't a great episode to start with because you are thrown in the middle of everything. And it was really hard to attach myself to any of the characters because it was kind of go, go, go. Yeah. That whole episode. And I don't think that every episode does work as the first episode and violet is one of those episodes that doesn't and that's because of the strength of some of the actors and characters in this some Mm -hmm. characters are just more compelling and thus make better starting points completely agree sure yeah again that was more user error than really an issue of the (laughs) show i did not understand the premise but when i started watching it again i started with green and that was a much better opening episode because of course you're introduced to the two main characters john carlos and then who's a cellmate played by stan is peter mark kendall so yeah stan and him you meet them in jail which is a great opening and then of course their first heist quote-unquote is breaking out of jail so I thought that was a really fun first episode, and that actually got me hooked and made me want to continue watching. Yeah, and it was a very entertaining really? heist. All of these heists work for me, except for a particular jewel heist. You know, they set it up with that, like, jazzy ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah, I know a guy. Ding, 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 ding. We got to work together. Bum, 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 bum. Here's the sexy lady with wigs. And then, essentially... <laughs> All this planning results visually in let's smash some shit and take it. Like, you did a lot of planning for something anybody could have done during a ruckus. So I thought that was a little (laughs) odd. But a favorite episode by far was Pink. So, and that I don't understand how Pink could be enjoyable unless it was one of the last three episodes you watch. I agree. Yeah. In fact, watching. Pink and red specifically being like the last two before the mm-hmm. true finale of, of white was a mind bender because it's, and I almost don't want to reveal too much about sure when and where some of these take place, but it was certainly one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't know if this would make a good first episode because stakes and tension, it's dependent right. on knowledge and information. Right. Uh, if you make the mistake of watching White first, I don't think this will be enjoyable <laughs> in, in, in pretty much any aspect. Uh, but Pink and, and Red do fall into that category as well. Like, if you start there, geez. I, it, this show takes some dark turns, and it does subvert some expectations mm-hmm. for being very tropey and cliche. 
it does it in very loving and, and respectful and very homage ways without being obnoxious, at least from my perspective. Yeah, well, you were, you know, you said you were sucked in by the, essentially the gimmick of it, that you can do it in the order. Um, I wasn't so much sucked into that. It seemed an interesting premise. But me being, you know, the theatrical actor, I'm there going, each of these episodes is named after a color. How is mm-hmm. that color used? And how is that color used in episodes that it is not named yes. after? And just what these colors mean as a symbol throughout the entire thing. Like, for example, there's the orange episode. And orange seemed like it was connected to the FBI. And the FBI trying to figure out what's going on with this heist. And the main mm-hmm. person in that, there's a moment that she's talking to her son and playing with a little fox, a crocheted fox. That crocheted fox is pink. Why is it pink? Mm. You find that out in the pink episode. In Violet, where our main dude, um, Leo, he's talking to his daughter, and his daughter just got her yellow belt. Well, (laughs) if you'd watched Yellow you know why she's getting her yellow belt. And just seeing how the colors, particularly not necessarily in the episodes that they are named after, but how they are used in episodes that they are not, and what that says as a whole in regards to the message that it's underlying trying to say, that as a theatrical person, that is what was exciting me throughout the whole thing. Like what themes are you trying to say through your visuals? Yeah, the production design on this is excellent because of the color palette. You're right, Mindy. You're absolutely right. Like, and, and that goes to the order as well because some things will feel like foreshadowing and other things will feel like payoff. And yes. from a script perspective, one of the ways I've been describing this to people is Ocean's Eleven and Lost. And Lost without all the paranormal stuff, just specifically about the flashbacks and the flash forwards of Lost, taking an episode of Lost and just seeing the flashback without cutting back and forth between present and, and the future and whatnot – and mixing that in with the heist elements of something like Ocean's Eleven or The Town or Heat or The Italian Job and any number of heist stories that you're already familiar with, it's it's such a unique take on what is a well-trodden genre. I thought there were a couple hacky moments, especially when it came to the music. And I think Bradley mentioned earlier, um, I don't know, just the phrase, I know a guy, immediately I'm like, this is so corny. This is giving me 90s action movie. And still it would have been corny 20, 30 years ago. But <laughs> Yeah, playing sympathy for the devil is so on the nose for this type of thing that I can certainly admit that I rolled my eyes when that kicked in as a needle drop. <laughs> in the Diamond Heist episode, funny enough. <laughs> Kudos to the casting on this. Because I cannot think of a single character that was poorly done. You may not like the character because the character is not meant to be likable, but it's not about being portrayed badly. I thought it's particularly the members of the gang, the heist gang, all Mm -hmm. of them were just like top notch at performances every single one they were all just so solid kim you already said it i love giancarlo esposito he's excellent anytime he pops up in something i'm happy for yes make him charles xavier (laughs) jai courtney has never been better than he is in this and you know what i think it's just letting him be australian because previous to this (laughs) he was australian using his actual voice in the suicide squad 
and he's great in that. This is the best thing he's ever done. It's it's funny because he was shoved in our faces for a time as like, uh, he's going to be Kyle Reese in Terminator. He's 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 it. He's forget Sam Worthington. We got yourself a Jai Courtney, and I'm uh, not going to have it. He's excellent in this. He plays Bob. He's a piece of crap, but he's so good at it. And I loved Ava Mercer played by Paz Vega, Ava was fascinating to me. And part of that, too, was just allowing her to be Latina as well, Mm -hmm. being this very sophisticated Argentinian character. She was just, every time she was on, I was just immediately drawn to her. Yeah, everyone has, like, this sense of sexiness about them. And I don't know if that's because it's a heist movie and everyone's kind of sexy. Even Rufus Sewell turned to my wifey, I'm like, isn't that the bad guy from Knight's Tale? She's like, yeah, that's him. He's Has, has he always been kind of sexy? She's like, no, I don't think so. He looks hot in this, though. <laughs> He's aged yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rosaline Elby, all the wigs looked great on her. That was like her thing. Is that she, Really? Like, I thought they crowds. were terrible. I thought every so single fun. wig was horrible. I oh, thought they were horrible. Your rig radar sucks. <laughs> You'll not remember Game of Thrones season one. That was bad wigs. That was all terrible wigs. These are much better. Than I, I feel like I'm, we're going to have to use our, our lady cards over here to trump you, Bradley. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's but fair. That's fair. I think we know what we're, we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing that took me out. Exactly. There, there, there was one thing I'd like to ask you guys about. Is there, do you feel that some of their backstories are lacking? Like Bob and Judy, they are a sexy, always thirsty for each other couple. But as the episodes went on, I was just waiting for that. Let's find out why these two people who hate each other so much are (laughs) together at all. And we never get that answer. Or does that make it better that we never get that answer? Possibly. As it was approaching the last couple episodes, I started guessing, like, okay, are we going to get an episode about RJ? Like, how did him and Leo meet? Are we going to find out how Bob and Judy met? Like, trying to guess what was the information we hadn't been given yet that would be pertinent to this coming to a satisfying conclusion. And it might be onto something in it being better not knowing. That's a possibility, yeah. Not filling in all the color... (laughs) Not filling in all the blanks leaves a little bit to the imagination. Yeah, there are some that I don't think you needed. You can just, you see glimpses of it in green and just be like, this is the douchebag who manages to get the girl <laughs> despite the fact that he's an utter douchebag, which like just he has no redeeming happens. qualities. He has no yeah. redeeming qualities, and the only reason he's around is because everybody wants to be with his wife. I was interested in finding out more about Hannah and Mm -hmm. what happened Mm -hmm. to her after she was taken away from Mm -hmm. Leo. Mm -hmm. That could have used more. But, you know, it's such a huge cast with so many central characters. I understand why they had to limit what they showed. Yeah. Also, how a Roger... eh, Roger Salas got to be where he was because all you get to see is what he was before. And then all of a sudden he's this humongous CEO type. And it's like, there, there were steps that happened. How did that one missing color, one missing color episode count maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have the Roy G Biv maybe, well, you also added pink. So maybe you could put in like, I don't know, aquamarine or something. Yeah. (laughs) Brown. Oh, yeah. Brown, Brown there you go. <laughs> Brown, yeah. 
Well, it, it's it's tough to get to too much more detail about this because this is a show with a lot of twists and turns and a lot of made of spoilers. Revealed. Yeah, really, what I'm curious about is was this ultimately a satisfying viewing for you three? Because I did enjoy this. I watched it with my best friend. We popped in an episode every time we hung out and just consumed it, and we would talk about it after and start guessing and 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 giving our praise to what we saw in the episode. And, and he was catching things before I caught them. And then we were kind of constructing theories because there's some Count of Monte Cristo in here. There's some Moby Dick in here. There's some literary references that set up and pay off over the course of this. And this was a satisfying viewing. And I, and I would encourage anyone who's into heist stories to seek this out and give this a watch. Because I do think there's enough in here. If you like the genre, if you're okay with some of the tropey stuff, it's going to be a satisfying viewing for you. But more so, I want to recommend this to filmmakers, writers or directors or even actors, to see how the show is constructed. Mindy, you talked about the production design on this and, and the use of the color. That had to start with the script to get to the screen, and that is really enjoyable to watch come together over the course of all this. But the gimmick won me over, and when you watch which episode is going to determine how you feel about people, and and it's sort of like if you'd met the Tailies in Lost before you met the 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 front side of the plane, you're going to care more about the Tailies than you are about the fuselage. How does that change your perception of everything that follows? So come at this with an open mind and have some fun with it. I would love another season like this, but not a sequel season. I mean, new characters, new story. Give me another version of this where we see a story out of order. So yeah, uh, great performances, slick stuff. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 butterflies. Kimberly? So I think I'm going to have the opposite kind of uh, response as you when it comes to the gimmick of the show. Something about it read to me like they had a TV show about a heist, and someone said, I don't know if this is snappy enough for today's audience. I don't know if we're if people are really into heist. So some intern at Netflix just said, I know. Let's add colors. We'll rearrange it. It'll be a choose-your-own-adventure. People love that stuff. And they ran with it. I don't think it added to my enjoyment watching it necessarily. Um, maybe I'm just the type of person who, who just likes to, to watch a story unfold in the right order. <laughs> but... But I, I do want to mention uh, Giancarlo's daughter in this, the very beautiful, what is Tati her? Gabriel, excuse yes, me. Yes, Tati Gabriel. She's been one of my Netflix people to watch. Uh, Sabrina, you. Uncharted. Uncharted, unfortunately. <laughs> but she usually <laughs> plays kind of a quieter, mysterious character or a character who's just snarky and one-dimensional. I thought she actually got fleshed out really well in this show and – she was my person. Whenever she showed up, I was I was back into it again. I was intrigued to see what she was doing. I liked all of her interactions with her father. I thought they played really well as a father-daughter. Casting-wise, I thought that was done really well. But then a lot of the other characters for me would be slow. Like I said, I started watching on Violet. And that episode, basically what I'm trying to say is the episodes that were strong were maybe like four of them. But then the other four weren't as strong for me because they weren't focused on the characters that I cared about. And a lot of their heist, uh, I mean, I thought the the jail heist was pretty good. The last heist, the fact that it depended on the weather was kind of interesting. You don't really hear that often. I do think the ensemble cast as a whole was great. Uh, a lot better than Glass Onion. 
don't don't come for me in the comments, but I, I wasn't a fan of the of the ensemble. I think they're all great actors, and they could have done some really cool stuff. The writing just wasn't where it needed to be for them, and that's that's the movie I would point to if I say we have no good background on any of these characters. This TV show, I mean, granted, they had eight hours as opposed to a two-hour movie, but they did a much better job of actually filling out at least half the main characters' background stories. So that's better than none of them. <laughs> uh, that all being said, I think I'm going to give this five out of ten Party City wigs. <laughs> Bradley. So I take it you guys don't like Party City wigs? Like I'm the one weirdo that's like, this is a cool wig. I wear this all the time. <laughs> they have a time and a place. Yeah. It's Halloween. <laughs> I like what you said about the, the weather. They don't have a scene of it, but I could just picture Giancarlo being like, don't worry, I know a guy. <laughs> and then, like, Channel 6 meteorologist answers his phone, and he's like, hello. Oh, hey, Leo, what's going on? And then the bass drops, you know. Yeah, I'll make sure there's a hurricane. No, no worries. No worries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whipping one up for you. But, uh, yes. I'm also going to echo a lot of these characters. Very fun. Very cool. They borderline on tropey, but there's just something specific about each of them that's kind of fun. Like uh, Jai Courtney is Bob, angry, tough guy. But he brings levels to it, like angry, tough guy who might take a hit of coke while he's driving. Like, oh, that's new. That's not a cliche, at least not one that I'm aware <laughs> of. But uh, as far as genuine chemistry goes... I loved the relationship that uh, Leo has with Ava. I thought that was very beautiful because they were more than two beautiful-looking people. They were friends. And the MVP, of course, for me also goes to Tati Gabrielle and John Collar Esposito, where what's really in the vaults of our own hearts is not who we wish we were, but who we've <laughs> decided to be. And the revelations of that that come out in uh, episode white, I thought was very nice and almost moving. Now, it is too cool to be touching. So, you know, don't reach for a box of tissues per se. <laughs> but I was like, that's kind of beautiful. So for me, I did watch a lot of heist movies growing up. And this is retreading old ground. The big twist reveal of these bonds and who's going to backstab who and who's involved with what and how many cakes are being baked for how many bakers who are going to sell those cakes to different people. None of that surprised me, unfortunately. In fact, I felt a lot of the episodes not even like foreshadowed it, but almost told you, yeah, this is what's actually going to happen. And that was kind of a bummer for me. And again, I don't know if it's just because I've seen too many of these movies or, <laughs> or what, but yeah, it was fun. It was it was a fun old time. Maybe a bit too long. What is it? Nine hours. So I'm gonna give this. Let's go six point five out of ten. Don't look at Bob's wife, even by accident, or he will beat you up, and it will turn her on. Whoa, <laughs> Mindy. I rather enjoyed it. I, while I haven't watched a lot of high stuff, I do enjoy the concept of like, all right, we're making a plan and these are the stakes and we're about to go in and do the plan and these are the things that go wrong, but how are we going to fix it in order to still get our outcome? And just seeing all the steps to it, I find that really interesting. And especially with this cast, who are all so solid in regards to who their characters were, yes, 
this thing is incredibly tropey. And even I, who is not well-versed in the heist genre, was able to get, like, oh, this is what's gonna ultimately happen, at least at this point. I do think that a little too many things went wrong with the heist, but that's just me. I really liked artistic merit of it. You know, as I mentioned, the use of color and the use of how color is being used to symbolize different messages that if you're looking for it, as you said, can be either foreshadowing or payoff. And that is a big feat when you have a whole bunch of episodes where it's like, it doesn't matter what order, although it kind of does, but (laughs) it doesn't matter what order you do it in to still have those same kind of through lines. It, the payoff of it was interesting in that it doesn't end the way that at least my experience with heist movies usually do. And so it kind of leaves you not as satisfied, I would think, as if you watch just a general heist movie because it's not as straightforward. Because my last ones were pink and then white, and it's just like, this is not how I expected things to end. Hum. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel right now. And that's how I cut. I'm not sure if that's a good way to leave the show, but ultimately I found it incredibly interesting and, and well done for, for what it was trying to do. So I am going to give it eight out of 10 Cossacks because they know how to get it done. (laughs) Well, there we go. The, the, the review has been done here. This is all part of my master plan. You all, executed the plan exactly as I expected you to and rated it just like we all agreed upon. So uh, let's let's sail off into the sunset. I'm thinking Tahiti. No, I'm taking the last word.